Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, Ian and I are diving into email and looking at the important places you can get extra revenue from this channel. So let's get started. Hello, Ian. How are you? Hello, Mark. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Yeah. I'm all right. I'm all right. Good. Um, how are we doing? How are we doing with the brutal world of e-commerce now? In end of April 2022. Well, I think it's a, it's a it's a mixed bag, isn't it? You're seeing, you know, we're seeing some sites do really well, and then other sites really suffering. And it's kind of like you've got two emerging trends. You've got people going back on holiday, and so anything for people going out that 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 people have put off those purchases for a long time, they're doing really well. It's like formal menswear is doing well and luggage sales are, yeah. are doing well. Um, the things people have bought over the lockdown, probably too much, are not doing as well. Um, and then, you know, dis- discretionary purchases that people have a bit of uncertainty about inflation, things like that. Yeah. Like, you know, those, those, are, those are kind of being contracted. But it's really weird because... Yeah, you know, like on one hand, you like one client's having like record month, and then the other client's seeing low ROAS. Yeah. No one, no one's, no one's collapsed, um, but they're just seeing slight, slight difference. And, yeah. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of, uh, I guess, I guess what I call agency hopping, in that, um, you know, the first thing. The first person that gets blamed is the agency a lot of the time mm-hmm. when something goes bad and it says, oh, this can't be as bad as this. But I think that uh, that will continue up until the point when they realize that, you know, there's something wrong with the business. Um, and well, I think, I think they naturally want to, you know, they want to see what the, what the decline is. But I mean, my, yeah, my, my opinion yeah. is. My opinion is that, that generally more often than not, e-commerce businesses now are saying, it's tougher. It's tough. It's much tougher, particularly in yeah. April. Actually, you know, the start yeah. of the year was pretty bad, but particularly in the you know in April um, or the last six weeks, and and it's and it's what's happened. What's happened is there's there's generally there's more competitions, more people who who have started selling online during lockdown. Mm. There's a lot more distractions going on in you know for for consumers because they're all like going on holiday. The cost of advertising has gone up because there's more people. So it's more people, more competitors, and there's more people. Um, there's more people have entered the market, and there's the whole Facebook, you know, fallout where people are moving to Google, um, and uh, and the people trying to trying to maintain the revenue, so they're pushing the lever up. So basically, more competition, more distractions, more expensive to advertise, and a cost of living crisis. But I think. I think that, you know, you're in the UK. I think you're seeing it quite strongly in the UK. We're not necessarily seeing it as strongly in New Zealand, Australia, particularly yet. We're not really seeing much at all, really. I think America, uh, to some degree, is. Um, but what's happening is, 
is that in e-commerce over the past 18 months, maybe slightly longer, you've had a lot of VC like money coming into it, a lot of investment money coming into lots of e-commerce brands who've effectively been propping, propping them up. And now it's got a little bit harder that there's going to be a period where they kind of freak out and try and make it work at whatever cost because they've got still got free money and that's what what they've had and the, a lot of those kind of like uh, those e-commerce e e investment funds will now be starting to think very very differently but they'll they'll be stuck with what they've got and there's going to be basically it's what warren buffett says is that when the tide goes out you'll see who's not wearing any trousers and um, there's going to be some e-commerce yeah. businesses that really, well, the, 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 I mean, we said this before that the, the businesses that were, you know, that in, in lockdown, pretty much all e-commerce did better yeah, because of scarcity, because the shops were shut. Yeah. And, and, and now that that lockdown is, is ending or ended, um, you know, and we're back to normal pre-lockdown trading, they they haven't got the strategy sorted out you know they yeah. haven't th thought about offer architecture they haven't thought about scarcity they haven't thought about trust and credibility they haven't thought about why people should buy from them you know yeah. they've just it's just naturally you know grown without them having to actually think so it's the answer is going back to the strategies pre lockdown and really getting, you know, the, the the fundamentals right, the basics right. So you're doing all mm. of the best practices and you're really answering those questions, you know, because it's no longer enough to yeah. just they, have a they, website and think that you can start trading. Because like you say, you know, the tide's going to go out and you're not going to be wearing any trousers. And the, the, the thing is the tide's going out and the people wearing trousers are doing really, really well. Like they, because they, 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 they have got their, their offer architecture sorted out. They've got the three-legged stool, which we talk about. The desires there. They've got everything's working. They've got the lifetime counted value, of, and and there are some customers who are really set up. They will they will basically disrupt the market now because of the distressed in the other in their competitors. Yeah. And we're seeing we're yeah. seeing it across. Well, a people lot. are going to start to pull out of advertising and uh, and shrink back. And you know what? The the, the sooner you cotton onto this. The better it is. As soon as you re as soon as you realise that you can no longer rely upon what was naturally happening during yeah. COVID and lockdown, the better. Like, mm. I, and I give you an example of this. We're working with um, a, a, a bunch of companies right now, and th and this is what's happening. They're seeing this this downturn of what's happening, and there's and the ones that are very quickly saying, right, what do we do? And we're like, okay, we've got to dial in the reason to buy from you. We've got to definitely get that offer architecture right. We've got to add a load of trust and credibility. We've got to really think about um, maximizing every ounce of that paid traffic to get the best return we possibly can, and forget the questions about, oh well, I've got to, I, I'm protective of my brand, and I don't want it to look like an e-commerce site, and I don't want to put price match promise, and like forget that stuff. Mm. You've got to really hustle and roll up your sleeves and actually answer those fundamental questions because, you know, don't be precious. Well, I think, I think a lot of the it. brands that I kind of looked at like six months ago and kind of thought, well, how did you get this far with this? I yeah. know, you know, like, and now I'm kind of like going, well, 
I, I now it's now you can see what what's what and what's happening. Yeah. Um, and so the the good thing is the stuff we talk about in the podcast and the stuff we do on the programs and the stuff in the book that we we put out. This is the stuff you now need to turn to more than ever because this is the stuff that's going to actually it's that's where the the sales will be made from the stuff we're talking about because it and I from retail yeah. background we grew up in a retail shop and we built our biggest customers um during the post 2008 financial crisis so this is where we learned e-commerce and so therefore we're kind of rubbing our hands with glee a little bit because we'll know that we're going to be building some big brands over this period because mm. of because of the disruption so it's it's it I, I don't want us to sound that negative because you know we're we're building one of our own I brands which I, is having a, a yeah, record i think i think it's, it's almost going to have a record day today yeah i think i think to be honest it's not yeah, I think the same, you know, we don't want to sound negative, but actually I think it's it's reassuring to let people know that you that if you are seeing a, a natural decline of your growth online at the moment in the last probably six weeks, don't freak out because it's it's indicative of what's happening in in the in the market. Yeah. And um and so it's not it's not something necessarily that you've just you've done wrong. It's generally what's happening in the market. But now's the time to go back to the fundamental yeah. core. Go and read the book that we that we wrote, which talks about the you know the add to basket, basket checkout, checkout to order, the average order value, and the lifetime customer value, and, and really understanding the base. Like, don't go off piece too soon. Go you know mm. get get the core right. The other thing which comes on to yeah, it comes go on. on. The, the, just basically, this, what the point I wanted to say was is that the issue is not going to be fixed by a clever adwords campaign or a clever facebook campaign maybe slightly facebook yeah. you've got more control or, yeah or a clever module app widget no. that can do some crazy personalization segmentation you know thing yeah that that isn't going to fix this no it, it the solution is on in your e-commerce business model itself that's mm. where you need to be structured to make it work. So, you know, now's the time to go and fire the people that are doing all the content writing that you don't necessarily need or go and, you know, fire the SEO agency that you're not sure if they're making it, making anything yeah. work, you know, lean it down, lean it down to the things that actually lean it matter. down and lean it down and go back and do the market square test. Yeah. You know, go and look at things like your return policy and say, you know what, we're offering a 14-day returns clause or, or, and it's hidden within it. And our competitors in the market are offering a 60-day. Yeah. Who would you buy from? Go and do a secret shopper and go and look at your competitors and go, who would I buy from? Yeah. You know, would I buy from me that, you know, I've never, they've never heard of me? Like, it, it's, it is time to be lean. And if you think something isn't working, it's probably not. Yeah, that's a very, very good example. And it's, yeah... Trim back, trim the fat, go back to the core, do the market square test, go and do your anxiety analysis, make sure your offer architecture is in place, make sure that all the friction points are removed, and just do those basics. That's the stuff yeah. that's going to make a difference, isn't it? The fundamental value proposition in your business. Why should I buy from you? 
Mm. If you can't answer that question, yeah, well, then the customers aren't going to know. So it comes on to, and I think the answer really is, is just go back to the core. But what we're going to talk about today might answer some of this because we're talking about today is email. Yeah. And we're going to start to talk about what, and obviously if the subject of this podcast is the basics of email, sorry, you just had to listen to 15 minutes <laughs> of our ramblings because we are going to talk about email. And the reason we're going to talk about email is because it is, in my opinion, the most profitable, most no-brainer channel, the gift that keeps on giving in an e-commerce business. And most of the time, people are doing it wrong. Mm. Um, and I want, and I think we talked, and we did a workshop this morning with a with our level two group, and I talked about email, and I thought this was a good topic to bring. To because especially right now where we're all looking for more bang for our buck, cost of advertising's gone up. We're looking to get the most we possibly can out of the advertising budgets. Yeah, and we want to recruit more customers and we want to retain more customers. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to get the retain. You know, the lifetime customer value. We want to recruit more customers. So an email is a thing that touches it all. Yeah. So just as an example, we launch yeah, it? just as an example, I was, I'm working with a guy in Australia selling women's clothing. He was doing email like everybody else doing kind of like a, a weekly batch and blast 10% of his revenue. He started doing it properly and started doing a lot more, basically getting a lot more engagement, going through the flows that we put out. And now it's 35% of his revenue. And it's like, it's like his main channel. And it, 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 that's happened over the course since November to now, you know, so it's about five, five months. Yeah. And, you know, it, 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 there's no reason why it can't go bigger. Yeah. And I think, I think again, right, the stuff with email, the technology now with things like Clavio and the Meta and even MailChimp, you know, the technology now is, is brilliant in terms of, how easy it is to set up very complicated things like 10 years ago. Cause I remember I was saying this morning, I did a, a workshop presentation 10 years ago in London to a, a, a bunch of direct catalog guys. And, and the stuff I was talking about 10 years ago was like, we were just talking about automated abandonment programs. Yeah. And that was like 10 years ago. That was really high tech stuff that was just coming into the market. Whereas now, it's like you've got this out of the box with Clavio, yeah, you know, or or even probably Mailchimp, you know. So it's like it's great. So there's so much here, and the reason why email is so important, and you and you, it is email is not a tick in the box for e-commerce. You can't just oh turn it on, yeah, I'm doing email. Oh, I'm doing my abandoned basket. Is because it, you've got to get the fundamental core right. You know, it isn't a tick in the box exercise, and 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 I'll and I'll tell you what I mean in a minute. But why why do I think email is so important, and why it's like a no brainer? And I've been obsessed with email for years. You know, for the twenty years I've been working in e-commerce, I've always loved email, and it's always my favourite channel. Because every time you say how long you've worked in e-commerce, it gets slightly longer. Ten, What's ten years, getting older? fifteen years, twenty years. So. I don't think it was 20 years, though, is Mark, it? Mark, you're old. We're old. Yeah, we are. 44. We're dinosaurs. You're 44. I'm 41. I suppose I'm 24. Younger. Ian is the younger I one. I think I was about 
27 when I first started e-commerce. So, 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 so I digress. Anyway. I was younger than you. Yes, of course you were. I've never worked <laughs> for anyone else. <laughs> but, but it's still the same amount of time be, between now and then. Yeah. Um, is this is this relevant? No. To the email content? Tell people some stats. Oh, interesting. Tell people some well, stats. Well, I'll tell you some stats. Okay, I'll tell you some stats. You've missed out. I was. I had stuff to lead up yeah, to this. People want to know the I'll stats. give you some stats. Okay, give you some stats. Okay. All right, the stats we look for. And the, the, we like to see, go straight in, Twenty five around 25% of revenue coming from email in Google Analytics. So if your total revenue percentage, you know, AdWords and SEO and direct mm. and social, we like to see 25% of revenue coming from email. And that's our go-to benchmark. And the reason why we're like a go-to benchmark is because if we're seeing an e-commerce business and we're going into the Google Analytics and we're looking at the revenue by channel percentage split for the year and we see email is only like 8%, we're like, okay, great, there's more in the pot. So that, hence, that's why we like looking at it because we think, okay, well, there's an area we need to go and invest our time in because it's underperforming. So 25% of So you can go and straight away look now in your Google Analytics and see what is our revenue per channel and what's the percentage and what is it for email. And the, the, the mistake there that sometimes people make is they go, oh, well, email's not big for us because I'm selling a shed and I've got nothing to sell people to afterwards. But actually, if you're selling a shed, then your email should still be important because it should be your pre-sale email that is driving yeah. revenue. So it, And that's why I love email so much because it touches every stage of e-commerce and what you're talking about there is the pre-purchase stuff right mm. so they're not yet bought so we're talking about how you recruit do you remember us talking about the three r's mm. you know your recruitment you've got in, in any e-commerce business in order to truly scale it you've got to know what's your recruitment strategy so when we say recruitment we mean how you're going to get new customers how are you going to recruit new customers? So that's the first R, recruitment. The second R is your retention. So that is how you're going to get your current customers to buy more again. And the last R, which is your reacquisition. So how you, so if they drop, if they don't buy for a certain amount of time, how are you going to get them to buy again? And the email touches each one of those. So that example that you said, the common mistake is, oh, people only buy once, so there's no point doing email. Email is very, very important for pre-purchase conversion. Mm. And I use the word, it, it email turbocharges paid activity or all activity for pre-purchase recruitment. Because if you can get the email address, you can remarket to people with all of your welcome campaigns and all of your abandonment email programs. You might have 15 emails that you can send automatically before they even bought anything, you know, over a period of time. Mm. And there's nuances to it we'll come to. But it's like, and if, you, if that wasn't in the place, the only way you can get them back to your site is by paying, doing all the remarketing, Google and Facebook. And that's going to cost a fortune. Mm. So if you can get their email address, it's going to massively increase the amount of touch points you can give. So it's, it, email is brilliant because it, it turbocharges all your paid activity. And it also is primarily the, the, the only way you can communicate with your existing customers. Yeah. 
So obviously it's critical for lifetime customer value. Like without email, your lifetime customer value, it's just not going to, it's just nothing. Yeah. You know, you've got to encourage them to come back. So email to me is the glue that holds everything together. And it's normally the most profitable channel of any e-commerce channel that you can do. But of course they don't get there in the, on their own. Like you can't just magically send an email because if you've got to get the email in order to get the email, you've got to drive traffic. Mm. So obviously that's why email on its own, it, it email enhances all the other activity that's going on. Mm. You know, it's the glue that holds it all together. So that's my kind of preamble. Yeah, because sometimes I'll ask people, this is what, what drives revenue? They'll say email. And they'll kind of, well, that's not what I mean, because how do they get on the email list in the first place? Yeah. You know, like, and then they'll go, oh, yeah. I'm not sure. You know, it's kind of like, well, obviously you're driving traffic somehow. They're picking up the email address and you're selling to yeah. them. So what's driving the traffic? Yeah, how do, they, how do they get on the email exactly? You know, and is it recruitment? Is it new customers you're recruiting or is it existing mm. customers? You know, so so in order to have an effective email strategy, and you'll note that when we're talking, we're not we're not going straight into the tech. We're not talking about tech. We're like literally, what is the, the you know the, the holistic view around dominating email, having it really work hard. In order to have an effective email strategy, you've got to first define the three R's. Like what's your recruitment strategy for the business? What's your retention strategy? And what's the reactivation strategy? Mm-hmm. Like the three R's, they're absolutely key. So. And and then I like to break it down into another another sort of sub sub views like you know, what's your so you with your recruitment one I like to add a second one which is what's your first time customer strategy so how are you going to get your first how are you going to treat your first time customers differently to everybody else do you, what do you mean do you mean, get, really you mean getting the second sale so like you've got the you've recruited yeah, so basically, and then it's like how do you get the second sale yeah you yeah yeah. Yeah, and there's something magical about that. That once you, once you, when if we with lifetime customer value, if we find that people are going to buy again, they tend to do so quite quickly, like within probably the first six weeks. And if they don't buy again in the first six weeks, they tend not to buy at all. Mm. Like it massively drops off. So if you if you so there's something really magical about getting that second sale. And I think it because people feel a bit more loyal. They feel like they're bought into your brand a lot more. Yeah, it's it's a and different then they, psychological. It kind of becomes a bit more. Yeah. It is massively. So that's why we really like to incentivize getting the second sale. And of course, email is the system to do that. Yeah. You know, isn't it? and it's a bit like um, you've heard us say this loads of times on the podcast. But you know, there's a there's there's often a buying window for e-commerce products. So the classic example we always used to use is if somebody buys a you know a fancy table lamp for their house, you know, and that's the first purchase, what does it tell us? Well it tells us they're doing up the house. Yeah. You know, and how so therefore they're going to be much more receptive to buying other stuff you know within the first six weeks because we know that, that that's that that's the thing that the customer's doing. They're doing up the house. So we've got a chance to sell them the matching rug and the chair and the sofa and the, you know, the other, you know, floor lamp and the desk and all the other bits and bobs that go with it. Whereas in six months time, they're probably, you know, moving on, going on holiday, buying a camper van. Like I know I've said this so many times, but it's like, yeah, you you know, your chances of of increasing your lifetime customer value, i.e. mean, what I mean by that is getting them to buy again Mm. is so much higher in the first six weeks after they've just bought 
than it will be in six months' time after the yeah. court. So that, that so makes let's, sense. Let's summarise the 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 kind of core offer architectures you need to have in your email flows. The first one is the recruitment recruitment um, offer architecture. So how you're going to get the customers into the door in the first place, which is a big thing that we talk about on the podcast a lot. The second one is your getting the second sale, which is your 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 strategy to actually get more of those people to buy for a second time within the time that they they buy you you'll see in your data that you know maybe 50% of people buy within 30 days or you know wherever that 50% is is kind of where your sweet spot yeah. is and then you've yeah. got your um retention strategy so how are you going to get the customers to kind of hopefully buy more than 1.2 times a year which is the average for e-commerce so what, what, what are you going to do to bring those? Are you going to use segmentation in there? Are you going to bring uh, specific emails to people? Are you going to use replenishment emails, you know, uh, anniversary emails? Yeah. And then the last one is the offer architecture yeah. for your lapsed customers. And yeah, you so would, yeah. Do, you, do you, I mean, uh, there was a question was like, how do you work out the lap when someone's a lapsed customer? What, what do you, what yeah. would you use, Ian? Well, the default, the default I go to is six months. If they haven't bought for six months, I consider that they have, they, they, they haven't bought. But the caveat is you might have, you know, a much bigger, you know, a much bigger lot, you know, Yeah, if you're selling like Christmas so, trees, you know, for example, not yes, ideal. Exactly. Yeah. So you got, so you start, so the default is if they haven't bought for six months, then this, you know, I would consider that they, they're not going to buy again. Therefore, I treat them almost like a new customer, but I'll be giving them a much bigger deal. So the question came up this morning and uh, the, the late, you know, Susie said, what, what's, what, what do I do for my reacquisition offer? Yeah. Like how do, and I said, basically, very, very simple. It's a big offer that's time bound, that's sent. And it, it, it's like a lasso. It's like I'm trying to get them back mm. in. And it's just, it's quite straightforward, really. Because, you know, the, the, the trust theoretically should already be there. They've already bought from you once. They know who you are. You know, and really, like in all things in e-commerce, most of the things people buy online are things that they don't really need, but they want mm. them. There's normally an alternative, and the alternative might be putting it, putting it up with what they've already got, you know, or buying it from a shop or buying it. Like but so, they, so they're looking for a rational reason to justify an emotional need. You know, and that, and that, that's so, into so what I always say, what I always say for the lapsed customer offer is, is like you should have, the probability of them buying again should be fairly low in this statistically. So like maybe 95 percent, you're 95 percent sure that they, they're a lost customer based on the data. Therefore, you can justify yeah. you think about, well, if I were to recruit a new customer on Facebook or Google, that would cost me, I don't know, 30 dollars or $40 or whatever your normal cost, uh, cost per acquisition is. If you take half of that amount per customer and give that to the customer to, to recruit them back, you've effectively recruited a customer for half price that you'd normally get a new customer. In. Yeah. So that's kind of like the rule I kind of use to give me an idea of how big that offer can be to bring them back. Um, and also, like I, I noticed on your presentation yesterday, you got some good examples of people actually you know, mentioning that they hadn't seen them, you know, the email actually mentioned that they were kind of a lapsed customer and that they were lassoing them back. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, you yeah, actually tell them, you know, we haven't yeah. seen you for six months. You know, this is our last, yeah, we, last we, miss we miss you. you. This is our, uh, this is our, our, yeah. our attempt to get you back with our best yeah. offer. 
Yeah. You know, I, I, you know what? I, but I also, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want people to think that that is the biggest takeaway of this. Like the biggest takeaway is knowing that if people are going to buy again, they tend to do so quite quickly. So really focus at that stage and the multi-buyers become bigger multi-buyers. Yeah. So the people that are already Actually, buying that's a really good point. will be the ones That's a really that good point. It's like where the money mm. is, where the money in the list is. Like, Because a lot yeah. of people get obsessed with lapsed customers thinking there's going to be a lot of money there. There's not. The money is in the two areas. Yeah. It's in the recruitment. You can always get more money out of recruitment. And we've seen that over and over again. And then your, your, your repeat buyers yeah. will buy more. So it's like your your basically recruitment and your VIP buyers are the two areas where you can get instant yeah. cash, and that's where you should focus yeah. your time. That's really you know, and, and to be honest, we've never really worried too much about unsubscribe. No, because if somebody wants to subscribe, they're not interested in the brand, and you know we'd much rather email more often than less often because we know we're going to get a lot more out of uh, uh, a lot more return. yeah this this question came up in the really? australian group actually and they would say well how often should i email and you 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 increase the frequency up until the point where you don't get any extra return so like if you're doing once a month and you get you know ten thousand dollars and you do twice a month and you start getting eighteen thousand dollars then you do twice a month and then you do three times a month and you get increase and if you do um you know once a week but you don't see any increase from three times a month. That's when you yeah. get too much because effectively it, 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 you will be told by your market at what point they've been sent too mm. many emails. And also your, yeah, no, but you know, the focus rather than focusing on subscriber rates, focus on your data capture, yeah. you know, focus on your email acquisition. That's so much more positive, a much nicer thing to focus on is how many new email addresses mm. have we actually acquired. And, and the key to it, you know, if you think about the average conversion rate for an e-commerce site is between two and five percent. Okay, so you know two percent if you're recruiting. It obviously depends on lifetime customer value, but let's just let's just say, gun against my head, you know four yeah. percent. Okay, four percent conversion rate on an average e-commerce site in the UK. So you've got ninety-six percent of people, visitors who are coming into your shop, and not buying yeah. anything. Ninety-six percent. Like those people, you know, the next, if you've got 4% conversion rate, you know, and you, you know, let's say it's the next 5% up. So you're trying to get, you know, those people. And that's where email mm -hmm. comes in. So if you can focus on getting their email, you can, be, you can really drive the almost buyers. So we, we always go for the lowest hanging fruit. The lowest hanging fruit is trying to get the almost buyers. And the, an email is the thing that flushes yeah. out. Yeah, like forget about the unsubscribers. Like if you were selling a car, yeah. In a, in a new car showroom, you would be focusing on the customers that showed the most engagement. You wouldn't be like work chasing people down the street because they just left. And it's like, well, I was I, I'm yeah. just walking in because I was waiting for my wife and she was in the shop next door. You know, it's like you'd you'd be talking to the people yeah. who were interested. And, that, and you did that six yeah. months ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, you well, you do, that's good. You come up with these really nice little you know metaphors. Yeah. You just make them up. And, and the, the other thing from that is like the, the, the car store analogy is email is that, that the, the buyers who will buy, they will, they will buy. But the almost buyers, they want to be seen. They want to be like, I guess the scene is kind of like the, they want to be. Well, they want the, the, well OK, you yeah. let me. Well, you said this this morning, but I'll, I'll try and 
because I because I I was thinking about what you were saying, and you were saying you've got to have a conversation. But basically, you have to align yourself emotionally with the emotional state that that almost mm. buyer is in. So that almost buyer might be they might have anxiety about buying yeah. from you. You know, there might be friction points. They might be looking for trust and credibility you know, to a trusted company. And they might also be looking for that little rational reason to buy from you. Also, now, there's an increasing need for people to have connection with the people they're buying from. Just because of the depersonalization of buying things, there is a massive opportunity for the small business to give that personal pre-sales service that is missing from everybody else and they'll get the sale. And that's exactly what the, I did with the, the, yeah, the guy in Australia. The thing. It, and that's why he's getting 35%. Yeah. For the, yeah. Well, I think what you're saying is you can, you know, you're trying to offer something that the big guys can't. Yeah. You know, the big guys can never, you know, can't give you that personal. But just coming back to like, like some of the things that were key this morning about email. So we said 25% of the revenue should be coming yeah. from email. So that's always the biggest thing we look at. And then it, the other thing that's quite interesting is it's just the typical open rates and collected rates and conversion rates. And, 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 and I think these probably have gone up over time, actually, because when we did this 10 years ago, we were looking at the average open rate 10 years ago. It was about 20%. You know why that has gone up, though? You know why yeah, it's gone up? Maybe. It's because bef before when we did this slide, the email subscription services, they didn't make you take off your subscribers like now you get charged per subscriber a lot more. Yeah, so what is cleaning their list? We didn't used to clean. We never used to clean the list. Well, as Ever. default, I think as default, yeah, that's true. And as default, a lot of the programs, they they, mm. yeah, they make you do it because they don't want the standard. Well, we used to, to go down. we used to own so our own email true. service, so so we didn't care. We did. This was yeah, we did. We did loads of it. We sent a million emails a day. Yeah, we should have just carried on doing that. Why did we Pain stop the that? Ass. Because we kept getting spam. Because <laughs> you, I'd always get these blocked IP addresses. You'd be like, oh, you've got to go and fix that. And I'll have to go and try and find out how to get yeah. bloody Yahoo yeah. to talk to me. And oh. What is it? I mean, but, I mean but, well, you know, 10 years ago, we were doing all stuff. And now you can go and bloody press a button, yeah. clavier, and it does it all for you. you know, but we had to go and learn all this stuff. But anyway, the, the, you know, the average open rates... You know, it depends, but like as a broadcast open rate, you're probably talking about, you know, 30%, like a general kind of no personalization, just, you know, to everybody. Shopping cart abandonment one, we're seeing open rates of about 40%, you know, and click and a, and a click through rates of about, about seven, like 15%, mm. something like that. You know, so that's probably the biggest. So average open rate now I'm seeing is about 35, 40%. Yeah. Which is quite and, high, really, compared to you know, click to what it was. Through, 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 you know. It is. So it, 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 yeah, it is. It is about high. It, was, it always used to be twenty percent open rate and a click through rate of six percent. I think it's just about cleaning the cleaning out. You know, but it's, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. So, so that's the thing. So the considerations then is is I'm just going to say one thing before, but like like data, like email data capture. Like obviously, we're saying that email is so important for the pre-purchase. So the question is about how you do data capture and the stat we like, and this is punchy, but 10% of all new users in Google Analytics, we like to get their email address. Yeah. So that's what that's what our benchmark yeah. is. 
Um, so, it's a bit, but let me just kind of have we got time to just go through some of the basic considerations? Because I think this is actually what I was alluding to before. And I was like, okay, the market's pretty tough at the moment. So it's now it's like get the yeah. fundamentals. I think you right. should cover. Are you just going to go? What you're going to go through the? What you're going to do? Well, I was just going to go. I was just going to do. The emails cannot just be. Oh yeah, I've, I've connected Clavio and the Metria, or and it's yeah, it's all oh, it's all done. It's like email. You know, like, like I remember, we often ask clients to send us their basket abandonment emails, and like yeah, and we go, oh, let, let, let's talk about basket abandonment, and because it's all it's, it's normally like one of the most lucrative, highest converting emails you can send. And everyone goes, oh, yeah, I've sent it. Yeah, there it is. There it is. And it's literally they've just taken the default standard yeah. one, you know, that comes with the email software, you know, whatever it is, dot mail, dot digital, whatever it is. And, and you know, and it's like the standard email. And it's, it's just like there's the product. And it's like, hey, you left this in the basket. There's the product. You want to buy it. Like it's not adding anything to the actual, you know, emotional behavior or the emotional state that I almost buys in. Like it's not adding anything about trust and credibility. It's not adding anything about the offer architecture. It's not adding anything about the reasons to buy from you. It's not addressing any of the anxieties, you know, or any of the friction points. You know, it's literally just here's a basket, here's an email, this is what's in your basket, and the logo's at the top. And maybe if you're lucky, you'll have a, uh, we offer free delivery of a 50 quid. It's mm. just not good enough. It's lazy, it's sloppy. And you've, in order to really drive email hard, you have to think about the three-legged stool. Three-legged stool is something I keep talking about in the last couple of weeks because we're seeing this natural decline. And I'm saying, okay, let's just go back to the fundamentals. The fundamental, you cannot scale an e-commerce business unless you have these three things in place. Number one, convincibility or desirability, depending on what you're selling. So if it, they want to buy the product in the first place, okay, from you. So I just brought that down. So convincibility, if it's a problem-solving rational purchase, you've got to create convincibility that it's going to solve that problem. Desirability, if it's a lifestyle luxury purchase. Now, but if you're selling other people's products, the question you've got to ask, the equivalent, because the desirability and convincibility is normally already there when you're selling people, you've got to convince them to buy from you, okay? So that's number one. Like, unless you've got that nailed, nothing else works, okay? So once you've done that, and this is, email has to do this, okay? The second thing that you've got to have, sorry if I'm ranting, no, Mark, you know this, because you, you, you came up with this. <laughs> so you do know. But the second thing you've got to get right is trust and credibility. So once people have convinced themselves, yes, I do want to buy that product from that from you from this company, you then then they look for well, do I trust this business? Do I yeah. trust them? You know, because you know, I could buy the customer could go and buy from anybody. They've never heard of you. Why the hell would they buy from you? You know, there's loads of businesses they know and recognize. Why would they buy from you? So the trust and credibility there. And in fact, the, probably the biggest thing that all of the pre-purchase emails should do, you think about all the abandonment programs, the product abandonment, basket abandonment, um, the checkout abandonment ones, the welcome series, all those things. The main thing, 
they've got to do is demonstrate, demonstrate trust and credibility. And the final third um, uh, lad, leg. What, what am I talking about? The uh, three-legged stool, the leg, the final one is the reason to yeah. buy today. So, i.e., you've got to give them a rational reason to buy today. And that's why we bang on about offer architecture. And offer architecture, we're not doing offer architecture for fun to give margin away. We're doing offer architecture to tie it into a reason to buy now. Because whether or not we like it or not, there's a million and other different distractions out there. And most of the time, people don't actually need to buy the product mm. in the first place. They want to. So those are the three things you have to have. And this, so, and this is the case for the website itself, all of the marketing and email itself. You know, convincibility, desirability to buy that product in the first place, trust and credibility, and a yeah. reason to buy today or this week, or this weekend, or this month, or whatever it is. So email has to has to absolutely And particularly, first, can I just talk things. about, let me talk about the you first know, you email you send. The first email. So it, I, I realized yeah. yesterday as we were doing the presentation that really when you get an email address and you send a welcome email, that's effectively like abandoned, it's like an abandoned product email or abandoned basket email because if you think about it, you've got the email address on your website, and that means someone has been to the website, looked around, and not bought anything most of the time. So that welcome series email is effectively like an mm. abandoned site email. And all your abandoned site, yeah. abandoned cart emails, that first email that you want to send them needs to make sure that it's producing trust. And the biggest thing you've got to do, especially for the smaller of us out there. I mean, anybody under 10 million people won't have heard of you um, before um, yeah. is proof to people that lots of people buy from you. So we call it like the restaurant test, the busy restaurant test. If you're walking down the street in a, in a new town mm. and you want a restaurant to buy uh, to go and have dinner at, you would go into the busy restaurant. You wouldn't go into the restaurant with nobody in it. So, and you know what the restaurant owners do? They put the people in the, yeah. in, the sh in the window, don't they? The restaurant, you know, they, they, they see people in the window. So as people walk past, they go, oh, look, all those people in that restaurant. Well, when Kath and I were younger, Kath's my wife, and we were younger and attractive, when we go and sit in a restaurant that was empty, we'd fill the restaurant. Now, when we go into a restaurant, we empty it. That's what happens with age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do they yeah, put yeah. you at the back? Put us at the front. Oh, you can sit at the front. Yeah, so sorry. Yeah. You can have to go um, in the back. But so, yeah. like, first email, yeah. should, well, your first welcome I mean, email should yeah. be like, yeah. should it be busy restaurant test? Yeah. Does it show, like, look like a busy restaurant? It's like, yeah. Or not? Yeah. 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 So, whenever, you know, you have, remember the, one of the biggest useful tips, I think, for the, for the website itself and your whole email is imagine if, or just think that somebody has never heard of you. Like, forget your brand. Like, you don't have a brand. And, you know, if you're doing, like, up to, I don't even like 20, 25 million. Like, imagine they've never heard of you. And that'll make yeah. you work so much yeah. harder. You know, so, and that email has to really emphasize what's, what's happening on the website. It isn't a technical tick-in-the-box thing. You've got to really understand that. 
you desirability to convincibility. Is this is this helping with desirability to convincibility? Is it offering trust and credibility? And the main point about the whole pre-purchase sequence is that trust and credibility. I mean, the, the whole thing about now. a brand, the brand it's, it's, doesn't you, exist for itself. The brand is a vehicle to get you where you want the business to go. People sometimes kind of talk about the brand as if it's a separate kind of like child that needs to separate on its own. Yeah, it's like the the the, you won't, the you, brand works for you. You only have or a, should you work know what? for you. A, br- a brand, a brand only exists if you have yeah. customers. Right, that's how a brand really is created is actually when you through the experience of the product that will this naturally is, yeah, talk the experience about of the brand, product right yeah and so you will grow a brand by recruiting customers so you cannot go and create a website that looks just like ralph Wren and change the name and think oh i've done it that's my brand no 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 your brand is created by recruiting customers so mm. recruit customers whatever it takes if you have to do a price match promise tick in your bloody USP bar and a, an offer architecture with a countdown timer. If that's what you have to do to recruit customers, do it. You know, don't think that you can't because oh, it's going to ruin the brand. We're going to look like a discounter. Like you don't have a brand. You know, no one cares about you. You don't exist. So you, I'm being deliberately a bit controversial here because I know. It's something that people yeah. tell us all the time, but it's like we've had a conversation, you know, today with a business that's doing, I think, about half a million quid that's losing money that won't do a decent offer architecture and um, and won't put um, price match promise on the website and they're selling other people's products. Because they think it's going to look like a discount. It's like it doesn't matter. Like Especially you're when you're buying other people's money, products because the business. brand is in the product they're so, buying it. And you're just saying, yeah. why should you buy from me rather than... Of course it is. We've done a podcast on that, Ian. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Yeah. We've done a podcast Most about the podcast the we did at the beginning were, was me walking <laughs> around the street message. during lockdown. And I don't even know what kind of quality that is. Well, I had a baby. I just had a bloody yeah. baby. And I was... Yeah, I was yeah. Half, yeah. half asleep. But no, I think it was, I was being a bit. I was being a bit controversial. Then, but we're not saying brand isn't. Get, we're not you, saying brand isn't important. Is Brands are important, and the branding is everything. No, brand but it is should everything. work for you. Brand is everything it should you, work for you. You grow a brand. Not you. You, you grow, don't have to protect the brand, brand on by, itself by if it's not giving customers. you what you want. Yeah, and you grow a brand by recruiting customers. How do you recruit customers? by really understanding why mm. people would buy from you in the first place. Going out into the market, looking at competition, and... and brand and is built. Thinking about the value proposition. When you, and email you are there for them, every time they have that job to be done, and you do that job for them over and over and over, that's when a brand is built, because they become... You know, they have that need, and they go, I need to get a new bedding. I need to get a new suit. I need to get stuff. Who does that job for me? Well, your main mission, yeah, and you, you know, your main mission in e-commerce is to is to get your initial recruitment right. You've got to you've got to initially convert that that new brand new customer mm. who doesn't know you. Your second mission is to get them to buy again. Simple as that. Whatever it takes, make it a no-brainer yeah. for people to buy from you. Yeah, that's what matters. You know. 
We'll have to email it's too well, bad. It's fine. We'll have, to, we'll have to leave it there. It's fine. But it's massive. Well, it's good, but it, 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 it's an email podcast. It's a podcast by email that isn't really talking about the email in the way that people would have expected when they started listening to this podcast. <laughs> We're basically saying that email is just a communication tool that has to has to really resonate with the core value proposition yeah. of why people would buy from you in yeah. the first place. Well, that's like I, I think it's, yeah. it's a more it's less about the shiny tool of the email and actually more about the content of the email and what we're trying to do, which is how we're going to do it. Yeah, okay. totally. Well, I'll let you get yeah. to uh, get to your evening, yeah. Ian. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Have a good one. Cheerio. Bye. <laughs>